It's Friday, February 1st. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. The battle over funding for the border wall continues. House Democrats have put forward a plan that would increase funding for border security, but not offer any money for a border wall. The president has said that there will be no deal without the wall, and Nancy Pelosi says there will be no wall. Steph Kite, reporter for Axios, joins us to see if any type of deal can be made. Next, health companion robots are gaining ground for consumer households, and a friendly robot could be the last face you see in case of an emergency. Stan Horacek, tech editor at Popular Science, joins us to talk about Samsung's new BotCare, which is being positioned as a companion robot that could be paired with an older person that wants to live alone, but still might need some assistance. Finally, there is a mysterious secret tunnel in Florida, and no one knows who put it there. Authorities have found a tunnel leading to a bank ATM, which leads investigators to believe it was for a possible bank heist. Linda Trichetta, reporter for the Sun Sentinel, joins us to break down this bizarre story. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. There's not going to be any wall money in the, in the, in the legislation. I'm not waiting for this committee. And I've told a lot of people, I don't expect much coming out of the committee. If they don't give us a wall, it doesn't work. Without a wall, it doesn't work. Joining us now is Steph Kite, reporter for Axios. We're continuing to cover what is happening with the fight for the funding for the border wall between the president and Democrats. Both sides are really digging in their heels again. We are headed for another government shutdown, possibly on February 15th, if there's no deal cut or the president has indicated that he might declare a national emergency to try and fund the border wall construction without Congress. The House Democrats offered a new bill, a new starting off point with a lot of new money for border security. Still nothing, though, for the wall. What do we know about the Democrats' proposal? The key thing to note is that the proposal that Democrats have come forward with does not include any funding for a physical barrier for a wall along the border, which, of course, has been the key issue when it comes to these negotiations and is the main reason we had the longest shutdown in U.S. history not too long ago. It does include significantly more money for Customs and Border Patrol, so they would have more money to hire more officers. They would be able to implement some small port of entry technologies, technology to help them catch as people are coming across the border. So while it is a lot more money than they were allocated last year for border protection, it's still going to come down to that wall. And that's something that the president has made very clear he wants included. And so this is not likely to win the president's support. And as you said, he is very seriously considering calling a national emergency and potentially trying to find funding for the wall. Via that route. The negotiations are ongoing between the groups of Democrats and Republicans. The president has already cast doubt on it, saying, hey, stop wasting your time, Republicans. We're not going to get anything from the Democrats. And I know the wall funding is the main point of contention, but the Democrats have proposed a lot of things to increase security at the border with more officers. As you said, technology there at the ports of entry, money to address the humanitarian concerns there at the border for asylum seekers. These are all things that Republicans also want. So barring mm -hmm. just the wall, taking that out of it, is that a deal that could work? I think this does include a lot of things that Republicans would want. These are a lot of measures that 
DHS has asked for. We've heard from people from CBP who say, yeah, we really just need more Border Patrol officers. So I think the Democrats are certainly making this an offer that is very hard to say no to for many Republicans, especially as many Republicans in Congress and many conservative groups really don't see the wall as that important. We've Axios has spoken to people who run some of the major conservative immigration groups that advocate against immigration. And even they say the wall isn't really our priority. It really is the president's one priority. And that's where I think we're going to see a lot of tension there, whether Republicans are going to try to get something passed without wall funding and whether Trump really will refuse to sign something. So that is definitely a point of tension right there. There's a lot of polls been done about this topic already. One of the latest Q polls that came out said that voters do buy in on more border security, but that the wall continues to be a bad idea. Support for the border wall actually dropped a couple of percentage points to 41%. Opposition to the wall stays at 55%, a steady number. But the other findings from that poll say 64% say the wall would not reduce violent crime. 60% say that it would not reduce the amount of illegal drugs. So when the president says he has so much support on this and uh, you know all this stuff is working, is he talking about the public at large or is he referring to his base? He's definitely referring to a very small group of people who are his base. And some of them are people who live along the border. There are arguments that have been made that a border wall would slow down people who are trying to cross the border in certain areas. But again, if you look at the natural landscape, some of the areas that Trump has said there needs to be a wall aren't really areas where people are crossing. And the Trump administration announced this huge capturing of hundreds of pounds of fentanyl and made this a big deal that they caught it crossing across the border, highlighting the issue of drugs coming across the southern border. But even that came through a port of entry. It wasn't through an illegal crossing, and it was something that was caught. And so there are some misconceptions that the Trump administration tries to throw out there when it comes to the border. And these are things that, again, a wall won't necessarily fix. There are plenty of issues and ways that border security can be improved and the immigration system can be improved. But most people would say the wall wouldn't necessarily help with many of these issues. We're on our way to this February 15th deadline where, you know, if a deal is not made, some action seems that there will be taken. It really is a messaging war at this point. The White House and the president are going to continue to beat the drum and Democrats are taking a little victory lap after the last win that they had and really saying, you know, this is not a national emergency. We're going to have the State of the Union next week. Obviously, the president has a huge platform there to make his case. Just even after all this national Nancy Pelosi just flat out said there's not going to be any wall money in this legislation. Mm -hmm. The president going back to let's just call them walls and stop playing games. A wall is a wall. So he's back to that terminology. I mean, this is just a messaging war at this point. It really is. And I think it'll be interesting to see how the president addresses this in the State of the Union and how this comes to a conclusion when we're, as we're heading towards February 15th. This is obviously not in a great moment for the president. We've seen him cave more than once to Nancy Pelosi over the State of the Union address, originally saying, OK, fine, I will not 
speak until the government is shutdown is over and then caving again and signing off on a short-term spending bill. And so we'll have to see, is he going to try to spin this? Is he going to end up giving in to Pelosi a third time? Or is the negative criticism he's been receiving going to amp him up? Is that going to be additional reason for him to go ahead and declare a national emergency and deal with the very likely legal repercussions of that instead of caving to what Nancy Pelosi is demanding? Steph Kite, reporter for Axios. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Is your New Year's resolution to get a new job? Then it's time to get to know Express Employment Professionals. Your local Express office is your connection to a new job. You can even complete your application over the phone. Express prepares job seekers for interviews and has relationships with businesses to find you a job. Job seekers never pay any fees at Express, and each year, more than half a million people find work through Express. Find a location near you at ExpressPros.com or download the Express Jobs app. One Express associate, Ian, said, I began my job search online while finishing my undergrad degree. I applied for an electrical job and was asked to come in for an interview with Express. I interviewed for the job the next week and then started later at a new job as a panel builder. Ultimately, I was offered a full-time position with an Express client company, and I truly enjoyed all aspects of my job, the work, the coworkers, and the pay. I owe this opportunity to Express, and I want to thank Express. Don't go it alone any longer in your job search. Get to know Express. Visit ExpressPros.com or download the Express Jobs app. If the robot comes and it sees you laying in your bed and you haven't moved in three or four hours, then it's like, oh, well, okay, maybe that person is having trouble. Maybe they're dead even. So it can do things. It can call an emergency contact, or if you want, it can even call an emergency response. Joining us now is Stan Horacek, tech editor at Popular Science. We're going to be talking about some robots in the home, maybe the future of robots providing assistance to elderly people. I got to start off with the headline for the article this may be the friendly robot face you see before you die. <laughs> it's a good headline. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff coming out of the CES show this past year. One of the things was robots in the home and how they can help you or, as I was saying, older people and how uh, to be companion or even help them take their pills, remind them to take their pills. So what do we know about these robots? To give you a little bit of a backstory, there's been this sort of underlying theme of CES, which is the Consumer Electronics Show, where we see all the new gadgets for the year, that eventually we're going to get these robot butlers. You know, robots are going to help us. They're going to do all this stuff for us. Your mind goes back to like Johnny Five, robots from the movies, you know, like Rocky Four, I think it is, where right. they have the butler robot. And that's always been sort of the, the big sales pitch. And this year there was kind of a switch over where it's not so much the robot bringing us a beer anymore. Now it's the robot helping to uh, monitor our health as we get older and just keep us alive a little bit longer in ways that like a real nurse might do down the road. We're getting more and more wearable devices that are collecting all sorts of health information. Obviously, the new Apple Watch has uh, really good heart monitors now. There's all sorts of other things coming in, can uh, monitor your blood pressure, things like that. So what do we do with all this data? It seems almost natural that a little robot companion could be that next step that can help you, that something that you can interact with to keep you uh, steady, basically. One of the big robot announcements this year was from Samsung. Samsung at CES every year, they sort of make a really big, a lot of noise. They have a really big press conference. One of the things they announced was this robot platform. And one of the robots is called Bot Care. And it's essentially 
a little robot nurse that drives around your house and it has a face on it, like a screen that looks like a trash can with a face almost, you know, <laughs> on wheels. It has a camera so it can look at you and it can use AI to try and figure out what's wrong with you, basically. So if you lay in one position, for instance, for too long, if the robot comes and it sees you laying in your bed and you haven't moved in three or four hours, then it's like, oh, well, okay, maybe that person is having trouble. Maybe they're dead even. So it can do things. It can call an emergency contact or if you want, it can even call an emergency response services like you couldn't call 911. Beyond that camera, we're getting into these other wearable gadgets now where, like you said, the Apple Watch can tell if you fell down. So the Samsung Bot Care robot, you wear this little clip around your house. And if you fall down, if the motion sensor inside thinks that you fell and you might have hurt yourself, the robot will literally come rolling, running over to you. And it'll try and assess what's going on and see if you've fallen down and if you can respond to it or if you can't respond to it. And if you can't, it will call for help. It'll either call your emergency contact or it can call 911. <laughs> All right. So here's the big question now. What's the cost of this type of thing? What are release dates if we know? You know, when is this going to be more of a mainstream thing? When can we make sure my grandma has her dog and her little <laughs> robot companion and know that I have confidence that she's going to be safe at least? It's going to be a little while. The bits and pieces are sort of trickling out. Both the robots and these sort of sensor devices we need to feed the robots this information are coming, but it's going to it's going to be very piecemeal. One of the primary motivators that a lot of analysts say are, are driving this market is in Japan, the average age of the citizen there is just getting older and they're projecting a shortfall in the hundreds of thousands when it comes to workers they need to take care of elderly people and by the middle of 2020s. So, you know, there is sort of a ticking clock of like, well, if this is going to work, we kind of need it to work now. So I expect to see next year, I expect to see a lot more of these medical devices, especially now that Apple has sort of broken the seal on this idea of like, we can put a real medical device, an ECG that monitors your heart rate into a consumer product. That literally seemed like that was, okay, now this is a thing and, and we're seeing a ton more of it. Stan Horacek, tech editor at Popular Science. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, I would like to say I saw something like this in movies. However, this hole is so small. Yeah, it's it's unique. We trace the hole from the wood line approximately 50 yards until it hits the bank. Uh, we don't know who's behind this at this time. Joining us now is Linda Trichetta, breaking news reporter for the Sun Sentinel. This is my favorite story of the week. I love bank heists. I love these crazy capers. And that's what was coming out of uh, Florida there. This story of a secret tunnel that was leading toward a bank. It seemed like it started off as a big pothole and then uh, public works got out there. They had to call the police. It turned out to be a tunnel. And then that tunnel was leading towards a bank. What do we know about this story, uh, Linda? The latest update is they're examining all of the evidence they have recovered. That includes a generator and a ladder and a wagon and a winch and pickaxes. Hopefully there'll be some fingerprints or anything they can trace on those tools. They don't know who did it. They're a little bit baffled by it because, as you may have read, the trend, if you're going toward an ATM, is to put chains around it and haul it away with your pickup. <laughs> that 
that happens a lot here in South Florida and around the country. So they were putting in a lot of work and it was risky to themselves as well. It's a very small space. Talk a little bit about the space because the reports are saying that it's so tiny. I mean, you'd have to be super skinny to be able to crawl through. And if you were going to navigate it, you'd have to crawl on your stomach for this. Exactly. They said that it was about two feet by four feet in places in South Florida. If you dig down a foot, you're often going to encounter limestone. So it's not a very deeply built tunnel. And it's not easy. Usually you have to blow limestone up to get through it. So it's just odd that they were going to so much trouble. They started the tunnel in the woods. It's about 150 feet, 50 yards from the ATM bays and then the bank itself. They were able to have a lot of cover in those woods. It's had very deep foliage and it kind of is next to a pond. The generator doesn't make a lot of noise, I'm told by my sources at the FBI. And so, you know, they were able to work without being discovered. But we had some heavy rains recently, and that may have softened the roadbed that may have been weakened by their digging. Fortunately, no one was laying underneath it and got run over or anything. What's fun about the story is we don't usually get this much information from the FBI. But as you said, you know, earlier, it is kind of lighthearted, and it's because it was not a yellow tarp case. There was no body. Nobody lost any money. As far as we know, no one was physically harmed. But they're hunting. They're looking for whoever these people are. They brought out cadaver dogs to check for a body. Thankfully, nothing was there. As I said, the FBI agent in charge was having some fun with it. It said that the tunnel seemed to be a, a poor man's El Chapo tunnel. And even in the in his press conference, he said, hey, welcome to Florida. You know, it's right. just kind of a funny thing. <laughs> you mentioned that a lot of times people tend to chain up an ATM and just haul it away. But these weren't even those type of ATMs. We've seen those chase ATMs. It's like it's huge. It's connected to the building almost. Even the FBI investigators were saying, what was next? You know, they were using pickaxe. Like, how were they right. possibly thinking they were going to break into the ATM? Exactly. Or if they were going to try and get to the wall of the bank. I mean, I was wondering, I, I went back today, you know, as we're waiting to hear if there's going to be an arrest or any kind of break in the case. And I was talking to a nonstop stream of gawkers, the looky-loos, who were just so curious and intrigued. And they all had theories, you know, where the guy's going after the night drop because, you know, there's so many restaurants and bars that may put cash there every night. Or why didn't the cops just leave it alone and lie and wait for the guys to come back? And of course, there were the El Chapo comparisons, but this was (laughs) much more amateurish. You know, there were no railroad tracks. There was no lighting. You couldn't stand up in this tunnel. It's really piqued the curiosity of South Florida residents and people just can't wait to see what the next development is going to be. I mean, I can totally imagine that. As I said, this piqued my interest only because I love bank heists and bank robbers and, the, you know, stories made uh, that are fit for movies and things like that. You mentioned that you were getting a lot of information from the FBI about this. To me, it makes sense. They're putting out the call. If anybody has any tips, if you're hearing anybody bragging about this or talking about something, you know, hopefully that could lead to more information. So I think maybe that's the thought process. Let's get it out there. Let's see if anybody's uh, buzzing about it. And then maybe we can get to some more details, some more clues. Exactly. It was fascinating to be there today. As you said, the cadaver dog was there. They have a South Florida task force here. All the agencies work together. So the dog came down from Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office and with that deputy, it looked like the Pembroke Pines police had 
a camera on little treads like you would see on a bulldozer, and they kept putting it down into the tunnel and recording, and then he would, you know, he would disappear <laughs> wow. in the hole, and then he'd pop up with it, and everybody would look at the video and the pictures and stuff. And, That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's really amazing, and you've probably seen the, the photographs that were published. Um, the idea that you know, there was an orange electric cord that you would get at a Home Depot, you know, that was kind of the clue for the public works guys. Hey, this isn't your ordinary sinkhole or pothole, and it's a little deep, too. So, you (laughs) know, that prompted them to call the police, and they followed the cord into the woods, and that's how it started. The tunnel never made it to the bank. Uh, There was no opening on the other side, actually, but they said it was clearly pointing towards the bank. Did the bank have any reaction to any of this? They don't want to talk about it. It's an ongoing investigation. They can't comment. And the bank was open yesterday as well as today, and customers were being taken care of, but they declined to discuss it at all. You know, we don't know how far the tunnel went. The FBI hasn't said what the north end of the tunnel is. It stops just short of the bank driveway that goes around the ATM base. So, you know, it, it kind of seems like the ATMs may have been their goal. but. Well, I mean, it's a great story open to wild speculation. I hope we get some type of closure to this because it's just fun to hear about these things. And thankfully, obviously, nobody was injured, but we'll see what happens. Linda Trichetta, breaking news reporter for the Sun Sentinel. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Oscar. It was a pleasure. That's it for this week. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on Twitter and Daily Dive Podcast on Facebook. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Daily Dive is produced by Miranda Moreno and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive.